0: My guest on this episode is Jason Heschauer, a fellow deputy sheriff, a fellow beer aficionado, a fellow podcaster, a fellow writer, a man after many of my own hearts. The one thing I don't get about him is his enjoyment of being a traffic cop, but we'll get to that. Stay with us for a fun episode. You get to be a fly on the wall where two veteran officers talk about getting promoted, trying to promote the challenges of being in a command position. And the challenges of this career and how to navigate them safely and wisely. So stick with us. You are a warrior. You are the very best your nation has to offer. They're asking you to leave. We need a It's up to us. For 133, I need somebody who has got a visual where the shooter is. You must be sound in mind, body, and spirit. Where's the officer down? I have a rescue helicopter that wants to land and help. This is the podcast that will make
1: you the one. Copy running eastbound. The one that will bring everyone back. I believe we have shot fired, shot fired.
0: Give me back up now.
1: Because no one else is coming.
0: I have an officer shot. An officer shot. 100 block of East Street. Suspect is down. Suspect is down. This is the squad room. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Squadron. I'm your host, Garrett Teslaw, and this is the podcast. What is wrong with my voice? Excuse me. This is the podcast that helps you navigate the challenging terrain of our demanding careers as law enforcement professionals. I'm an active duty sergeant for a sheriff's office in Southern California, and I'm here to help you learn tactics and strategies for taking care of yourself, your family, and your community. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for stopping by to check us out. And I encourage you to do two things. First is, if you like this episode today, don't forget to subscribe to the show on the player of your choice. But also, second, go back and check out some of our other amazing guests. We have many of them. From Tony Horton, uh, creator of P90X on episode 66. Or Scott McGee of the Sisu Way podcast way back on episode 16. Kelly Sturet of Mobility Wad on episode 81. Ryan Mickler of Order of, Man, Order of Man on episode 67. etc., etc., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Man, a lot of good guests on this show. I'm very proud, you can tell. Well, I've also had a lot of coffee this morning, which is appropriate for my guest today, who uh, is a man after my own heart in many ways. We have many of the shared interests. I'll get to him in just a second. But I also want to thank some of the sponsors of today. Not, not plural sponsors, but one sponsor in particular. And that's ProForce. Now, you a couple years ago, I was looking for a new duty gun to replace my aging HK. My agency was taking a long time to close that deal on the department purchases, so I decided to go out and purchase my own Glock G17. I shopped around and found out about ProForce and their really kind of ridiculous prices on firearms and accessories, and then really everything else that you need to get out on the street, not just uh, firearms from Glock, but all the major manufacturers, SIG, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, Colt, HK, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the Safari Land stuff, everything. Now, if you're a cop anywhere in Los Angeles, Orange County, or even Northern San Diego, you already know about ProForce and the amazing deals they have at their store in Bre- in Brea. But what you might also think about them is uh, this reputation for a long wait time. Well, that's gone. They have appointment systems now, so getting a firearm is uh, couldn't be faster. Uh, they have uh, the retail location in Orange County and Brea and also one in Prescott, Arizona. So if you're near either of them, make sure you stop by and see their selection. And what's cool is for people who visit the store, if you go in and tell them the secret password, the squad room... You'll get twenty percent off a TLR one pistol light. That's the same pistol light that I use on my P three twenty. It's a great light, and you'll get twenty percent off, which is no joke because those things are expensive. Twenty percent off that is pretty serious. So check them out, or if you're uh, outside the area, check out ProForceOnline.com and of course make sure you let them know that you heard about them on the squadron. All right, a couple of things, uh, a couple of housekeeping things. At the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you about how you can support the show without spending a dime of your own money, or I should say a dime more than you normally spend. But sometimes where we spend our money or how we spend it is important, and you can support the show, help keep the lights on, help keep this mic hot by uh, doing things like shopping through Amazon and shopping through our link. You can go to squadroom.net forward slash support to see all the ways that you can support the show that don't require like a donation, although we have that too. My guest today, a man who's been on the show, repeat guest, I should have mentioned to him in my previous uh, episode comments, Jason Schauer, better known as Motor Cop. Jason uh, is making his second appearance the first time we talked about finances, and it's actually the only episode I've had on the topic, and it's an important one, so I don't know why I haven't brought him back on to talk in deeper about it, because he's a great guest, he's very engaging, uh, but uh, Jason is many things, one of those is a uh, cop uh second of those is motor cop that's the part i don't get uh, cuz those motorcycles are that's that's just that's just stupid uh i'm joking people i just I'm, don't like riding motorcycles or wearing those funny boots or riding tickets I, uh, anyway uh jason is a he's a financial advisor as well he specializes in helping first responders get their finances in order uh he's a podcaster uh he had one of the only other cop or first responder podcasts uh, out there when I started a show called the crossover show and his co-host on that show uh, and him he him again too much coffee they have started a new show called what's your emergency it's a great show it covers a lot of different topics not just about law enforcement but stuff in the other first responder professions and some of the things that even civilians uh, need to know so you can check them out there uh, Jason is also uh, a fan of IPAs, as myself, as I am as well. Uh, a man of any beverage, really, coffee, I think. Um, so we have a lot in common. We both write. Uh, he's, a, he's a blogger, too. He's been around the block for a long time. And you can go to thesquadroom.net and uh, check out the show notes for links to some of his stuff. And, of course, you can go to WYE Radio. That's W-Y-E as in What's Your Emergency Radio.com to check out his other show, which I've been a guest on, and it's fantastic. So anyway, here we are with Jason. We talk about a lot of stuff. It's kind of just like two cops sitting there having a conversation, talking about careers, how to navigate them, how to deal with family. Uh, we talk about beer, uh, the, you know, the decision to promote, what that's like, and the, what we think needs to be part of that process, looking at retirement, how to plan those things, et cetera. So I had a great time talking with him. I always do. He's been a huge supporter of everything we've done here, uh so without further ado, here we are with Jason a shower Jason welcome back to the show well, thank you sir it's uh all the way back to episode thirty seven when you're on before uh under your uh i think we actually used your real name, but you know your... Yeah, it might might have your alias uh like like much like a superman or a uh, or or any other superhero you're uh <laughs> often known to people better as motor cop my moniker your moniker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just need a cowl. <laughs> well, you do I've, have... I've become much less concerned with anonymity the closer to retirement I get.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And uh, like any good superhero, you always have good hair. So as you do today, well, so, that's true. I... Um, always jealous of of a good hair day that you have. Anyway, yeah. So you're often known as Motor Cop uh, for people who haven't gone back to listen to episode 37. That's about financial health and and how uh, it's important in law enforcement to you know think about. Your budgets and managing your budgets, even at the beginning of your career, but how we do those things as we go. And you helped me and my wife even uh, work through some budget stuff because we, I have an aversion to numbers uh, that is um, uh, probably uh, better than most people. I in in the sense that I hate numbers. I hate talking about it. Uh, We recently even went through some more formal financial planning, and the the planner could see my my eyes gloss over when he started talking. In, in, in with the dollar signs and commas. oh yeah yeah Tough that, stuff. it 's not exciting <laughs> so anyway, but that was your expertise on episode thirty seven but uh you have many irons and many fires, and True story uh yeah, and um, so people might recognize you also from uh you are one of the original police podcasts out there with your show, the crossover show, uh which included your uh your buddy, the happy medic, and it was a yep i I'm, I put two and two together in a crossover because it's police and fire. Um, yeah, that a boy. You deal. <laughs> um, but it was one of the first ones out there that I was listening to when I started. decided to start the squad room. And uh, anyway, we've we've kept in touch for quite some time. You've always been very helpful, uh, very quick to pick up the phone when I had a question. Uh, and so I wanted to have you back on to talk about some of the new stuff that you're doing and some of the um, your new projects. You've got a brand new podcast that... Uh, We should talk about uh but first off give everyone a sense of why the moniker the nickname the superhero origin story of motor cop where that came from
1: you know it started in 2008 which really dates me because i i had been on the motor for a couple of years so i started on the the bike in 06 and a couple of years into my gig i just my attitude was constantly negative because as soon as my boot hits the ground on a car stop, somebody's getting a ticket, I'm going to make somebody mad, and there's going to be you know much wailing and gnashing of teeth. And and it was just that constant negativity just slamming me that I just had this terrible attitude. And I thought, you know, i got to do something about that. So I figured, ah, I'm going to start a, a journal. I'm going to start an online, what were they called, uh, uh, web blogs, which blog I think is still one of the stupidest words in the English language. But... <laughs> I came home and started writing, mm-hmm. and I thought, ah, my, my mom will read it, my dad will read it, maybe the wife, and that's probably going to be it. Well, much to my surprise, after consistent writing for a few weeks, I looked at my stats, and I was hitting literally all over the world, and that just freaked me out <laughs> because I was real nervous. There, there were no rules back in the day. Mm-hmm. There were no rules uh, for pol- – no policies. There was – you know, hey, if, if people find out what you're talking about, you're going to get into trouble. Yeah, and I thought, uh oh, and of course I didn't stop because maybe I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But it was really cathartic for me, and my attitude made a 180. Because instead of jamming somebody up on a traffic stop, saying something inappropriate, being rude to them, whatever, I would just think to myself, "Well, I'm I'm just gonna you know flame you on the internet later, and I'll I'll feel much better, and you'll never know about it because I'm gonna change the stop. I'm gonna change your the sex. Uh, you know, I'd yeah. say I'd stop a man instead of a woman, or or whatever." And it became so therapeutic. And then fast forward a couple of years, I end up bumping into this guy online, the happy medic. Long story short, uh, my, he's my best friend now, uh, outside of the wife, of course. And we we tell people we met on the Internet. And that's, that's literally how this whole stupid thing started. And I was able to take that writing experience and ended up writing for a national police magazine, ended up writing for policeone.com. And we started a podcast and get to to meet and interact with with folks like you and a, a bunch of other people we've been interviewing, and we start instead of just kind of the shotgun approach to well, let's just throw our voices out into the the ether, we started with a plan with our new show and have been much more intentional and have seen uh, the
0: fruits of those of those labors really come around mm-hmm. and so let's let's talk about the new show and what you have there. Uh, it's uh, WYE Radio, or what's your emergency? Explain that, and explain what the uh, the concept is there. So WYE Radio it stands for What's Your Emergency,
1: and it the impetus of that was where my buddy Justin got hired on with a different department to be a battalion chief, and there, he's going through the hiring process, and the, the powers that be over there told him, "Hey, we we've heard your your show." And you should stop it <laughs> because because we we had an explicit tag and we used it liberally. It was, you know, we kind of have a couple of beers while recording and just sort of rant and rave. And it wasn't it wasn't negative. It wasn't angry. It wasn't vile or rude. It wasn't swearing for swearing's sake. It was just a conversation between buddies over a beer and it wasn't purposeful recording by any stretch of the imagination so he calls me on his way home he's like hey man they uh they don't like the crossover and i was like okay well that's actually pretty good timing because i was thinking we need to rebrand anyway Mm -hmm. so we scrapped the crossover launched what's your emergency in august of last year and the whole purpose of it our tagline is that we talk about emergencies on and off duty. Mm-hmm. And we really let our audience define what an emergency is. This is not, oh, my house is on fire, what do I do? Or somebody's trying to kick in my front door, what do I do? It's things like, <clears throat> my physical health is, is suffering. What can I do? My financial health is suffering. My mental health. And we talk about different approaches, how to be a complete person instead of, uh, I'm, I'm a cop or I'm a firefighter. No, I, yeah, listen, I'm I'm a cop, but it's like number eight on the list of things that I am. Mm-hmm. It is not my end all be all, 24/7. It it can't be. It's not it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. People that that do that, you can pick them out from a hundred yards away. <clears throat> you line up a bunch of cops, and you'll be like, that's the guy right there, Gary. Gary is all he he everything he wears is 5'11. He, all, all he wears is Oakley sunglasses He constantly talks about work he will, he, He's been married and divorced Four times <laughs> he, he doesn't talk to his kids mm-hmm. That's because that's all Gary knows That's all Gary does And Gary's going to die within a year and a half of retirement Because he's got nothing else
0: I mean is that something you came to That you've always known Or was that something that you, it took you Some time to realize that you need these different aspects Of your personality
1: it was something that I, I stumbled onto. <clears throat> I think it was because I started writing, and the better that I felt along the way, I started thinking to myself, man, this is, this is a great exercise. And then I found Kevin Gilmartin's book, Emotional mm-hmm. Survival for Law Enforcement. Indeed. And I read that after 15 years on the job. And I put the book down, and I realized – and I, I won't swear on, on your show – but I said, oh, this swear. is why I'm, I'm such an expletive-deleted this is, I, I I'm, I'm mm-hmm. this is why I come home and I'm angry. This is why I come home and I'm not having good conversations with my wife because I am solely identifying myself a, as a cop, and I don't know how to get rid of, of this angst and, or exercise these demons that, I, that are living on my shoulder and in my head. And I had the wife read it, and she put it down, and she's like, I, I understand you so much better now. It, there was mm-hmm. a there was a time where I would come home and she's like, "What do you want for dinner?" <clears throat> and I I literally could not care less if I put effort into it. Okay. Just put something warm in front of me. I don't care. And she read that and <clears throat> read the book rather, and, and she's like, "I'm gonna stop asking you that question because now I understand." Mm-hmm. And it was it was a a real transition in our relationship,
0: mm.
1: and <clears throat> I found it to be incredibly beneficial. I, and Gil Martin is actually on the short list of people we want to have on the show and we're reaching out to him to, to bring his his book to, to more people. But to be honest with you, I had the thought, you know, everybody in the academy should read this. And I thought, well,
0: would they get it? I mean, do you what do you have you you've read the book, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've read the book several times. I've been to his yeah. seminar. I've Again, just like you have tried and tried and tried to get him on the show. He's an extremely busy guy. Oh, yeah. You know, he spends like half the year in Australia and then the rest of the year kind of traveling. Yeah. Uh, and so I know I'm all in. And I give that book to every rookie on my squad. When I was on patrol, every everyone who came out of the academy got that book. And I gave it to everybody. If I moved squads or if I moved stations, which was frequent – and I would give that book to everybody on that squad. I've had people tell me that book saved their marriage. I've had people yeah, tell yeah. me that book saved their life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, so I'm not. I can't <laughs> overestimate or overstate the importance of the stuff in that book. I think. Yeah. I, I think it's good to read it the first thing out of the academy, so that as these things come up, you can see the red flags. You know, because I was okay. very similar. I um, I read it and uh, thought. And then I actually went to the class thinking, oh, well, I'll uh, I'll go so that I can help my people, right? I was like, ah, that's not me, but I'll go for it. <laughs> I don't, I'll go I for don't the, need help. Right? <laughs> uh, and um, Kevin is, we talk about explicit tags. Kevin, if Kevin comes on your show or mine, there will be an explicit tag to it because he's an ex-cop. And he talks like one. And, you know, he's, for the for the listeners who haven't or aren't familiar with him, he, there's, there's two things that cops deal with. That uh, makes our lives hell and makes us uh, the way we are, right? It's the bullshit and the assholes. Yeah, (laughs) if it weren't weren't for the the bullshit caused by the assholes, this job would be great. That's his whole premise, right? (laughs) And of course, the the assholes could be everybody out on the street or your admin and command staff, etc., etc. So um, that's just a very brief explanation of... (laughs) <laughs> of, of him but succinctly put sir right but th- those that's the way he phrases it those are the words he uses Yes, yeah, you know? absolutely
1: um, and that's that's legit
0: yes and so uh i wish i knew i, I wish i knew those red flags earlier because like i said i, w- I would have gone to that course and said nah that's not me um but i'm I'm there for my people and as i went through that and then as i went through the book I went oh right yeah, yeah yeah okay i i did a lot <laughs> I, did, I did a lot of those used you know, that he talks about, you used to go fishing. you, uh, you, You used to go mountain biking. You used to have an active, uh, you know, social life and slowly, especially with, as you get older and you have kids and things get in the way there, uh, those things fall away. And the only thing left is that identity of being the cop. And what I didn't really understand at the time is that that's also many people's only identity for you. You know, my, my neighbors, many of my neighbors know me only as the cop. Yeah. They, they don't know me as the father or the guy who hates doing the yard work or, (laughs) or any of the other things they may see about me or that they they don't know about me. They know that I am the cop. And so to them, I am a cop. And so we often, I think, take on that extra burden as well, that we got to learn how to kind of off gas that and deal with that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, it can be hard because society – and I'm using air quotes on a radio show – society at large wants to put labels on you, mm-hmm. right? And you get you get one guy in Paducah – sorry, Paducah. I know you're huge in Paducah. But uh, you get Is that one cop in – actually a city? I think so. I okay. think it's in Kentucky, right. honest to God. <laughs> I think there, there's one cop in Paducah that will do something real dumb – and now you're that guy right right because you happen to wear a, a badge and a gun mm-hmm. and that that can be hard to deal with too
0: mm-hmm.
1: it really can so i you know my wife is starting a podcast and she's a professional organizer and she introduced me to her audience uh, not to be on the show, but just kind of in her origin show. She said, my, mm. my husband is a content creator with an entre- entrepreneurial spirit that just happens to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is, that's genius. <laughs> I, lo- I love that yeah. because I, I'm absolutely, I, I mean, I've been creating content for 11 years mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I'm starting to monetize it. And I thought, I mean, and, and I get so much joy out of that because I'm bringing things to my audience that that is helping them, and if I get a few bucks out of it, hey, so much the better. But my full time gig, my official job, if you will, mm-hmm. is I'm a cop. Yeah. You know it, and that, but it's not. That's not the first thing off off of my tongue when people say, you know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do. I do lots of stuff. <laughs> Let me. You want? If you got a half hour? I'll tell you all about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's um it's funny. It's a great description your wife gave you and I I I was having a discussion with my wife recently about the thing too cuz you know, obviously content creator as well. Um there's a lot of entrepreneurial spirit that goes into a lot of those kinds of things. Yeah. And uh I was doing the same sort of stuff before I was in law enforcement and through college and I was telling my kids this the other day. Like and there's a point to the story in a second, but in in sixth, or no, in seventh grade when I was in junior high, right? I rocked the, a fanny pack uh, around the halls, and that fanny pack was filled with bubble gum and cinnamon flavored toothpicks and mints. And I, I was I'm
1: getting such an awesome visual right now. I just want, I want you to know that you should, you should. It was awesome
0: because me and my buddy Jeff, we went in on partners, and we would sell the gum and the mints and the toothpicks in the halls between classes, right? And we would go down to Walgreens or. uh Rite Aid or CVS and we'd buy those you know like five packs of bubble gum for a dollar and then we'd resell each pack for like a dollar so we were making this huge profit and we were pulling man we were pulling as seventh graders we were pulling like 60, 70 dollars a day nice <laughs> <laughs> and this went on for a long time until the the school finally squashed it but we went on for several months just raking in this money and so I've always had that entrepreneurial burn I guess Yeah. and so the reason I say that is I was telling my kids about this the other day about this you know my daughter wants some things and we're talking about, well, how do you raise the money? And, um, we went, my wife and I went to an event and then I came away from that as I usually do after any event and go, I wonder if I could do something like that, you know? Uh, and, and she just kind of shook her head at me and I was like, look, I can't turn it off. <laughs> like, like it's just, yeah. that's how my mind works. I'm constantly thinking about the things, those things, thinking about creating content, trying to give this audience value. And I just can't turn it off. I can't just go play golf. Um, we were at a golf course uh, for Easter brunch recently, and I just looked at that as like a waste of six hours. <laughs> yeah what am I what am I doing?
1: I, I could be creating something right, right. now. Right.
0: And so it's just I think she's finally just shook, shaking her head and giving up on realizing that she's not going to be able to get me to turn it off.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. But you know, it's funny. The flip side of that is like yesterday, I I intentionally scheduled time in my evening slate late afternoon after work a uh, bunch of guys went out for beers after work so I hung out with them and came home and I I didn't do anything when I got home I put on some music I uh, lit a fire in our outdoor fire pit and just hung out just to recharge a little bit mm-hmm. I'm still thinking ideas are still going through my head <clears throat> but sure. if you are all go all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: man that that can that can burn you out too. It's That's, all about kind of striking that balance.
0: Absolutely. And and you can become uh, as much as you identify as a cop or, or the dangers of identifying as a cop. You can do that same thing with anything else. Right. And oh, definitely, definitely. And so, yeah, that, that moment to just sit and chill and, and recharge is is key. And so yep. while you were sitting and charging last night, one of the other things we have in common are entrepreneurs. Uh, we're both cops, um, but we're also beer aficionados. Oh, yes, indeed. So I imagine that there were, you mentioned you got a couple guys went out for beers. What's what's the beverage of choice these days, Jason?
1: You know, I was uh, last I'm on untapped.
0: I don't know. Are you yeah. familiar with untapped? I am. And I don't need another reason to drink beer. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I know, I, the fact that they're gamifying my right. drinking is just right. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I, wife and I, I got my wife hooked on it and we'll go to a new tap house and we'll get a flight just so we can check into five different beers. Yeah. Like I'm I'm waiting for the badge that says, Hey bro, go to a meeting. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? I'm way too I'm or, way
0: too competitive.
1: I did plan. I did get a badge once that said, uh, I really hope you're doing tasters. Because <laughs> I had like 12 check-ins in an hour or something. So yeah, I am. Oh, relax. Funny. It's fine. I'm at an event. <laughs> but uh, you know what one the ones I had yesterday that I really like is the Belching Beaver Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Mm, mm-hmm. It, oh, dear God. It's like drinking a Reese's cup. It's phenomenal. Which it's is, absolutely fantastic.
0: That's funny because to me that sounds absolutely disgusting.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, it was so good. It was so good. My, my, my big thing is that I, I've become a huge IPA fan. I've had over 500 different IPAs, and I, if, if I can smell it before I get it to within a foot of my face – uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love I love the IPAs. I'm an IPA too uh, guy too, and my wife even once was like, because you know you've got to try everything that comes out and something new of comes course. out. Uh, and she's like, "Haven't you tried them all? Is it how many times can you repeat the same thing or the same taste? Like, oh no 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 no, you don't understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I once had it from Knee Deep Brewing in Auburn. Mm-hmm. They had a it's called Hop Deranged, yep. and it's a quad IPA it was 133 IBUs and 13.2 percent alcohol.
0: I've had that, that. thing kicked
1: yeah. me in the face.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of one where you uh, you clear the schedule, you sit at home, and you give your wife the keys.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It was me, the uh, happy medic, and the wife, and we had a large format, and the three of us just split it. So it was like five ounces, six ounces, whatever, a piece. And you'd have thought we've been drinking since noon. I mean, it was like, holy smokes, this thing is legit, but it was really good. Did you just call a bomber
0: a large format?
1: You, you know, it depends where you live. <laughs> I, I've I've heard bomber as well, but I've also heard up here large we call format. it large format.
0: Yeah. You you Bay Area people, you know. Uh, yeah, don't get me started, man. <laughs> T minus how long to retirement? Yeah, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> so um, you know that's something uh that I wanted to talk about too you, you you've mentioned it twice now retirement the big r word uh you're getting a little closer you're a little closer than I am uh but it's funny to be now on the backside of my time on meaning yeah. you know I have I am closer to retirement than I am to the beginning of my career and seeing when I started how that wasn't even a thought in my ma- my mind right the pension or yeah. the benefits or none of that stuff was even I didn't care I was just glad I was on on and that they gave me a gun and a patrol car to go uh drive around in right and now Absolutely. you start thinking about those things and what are you gonna do and and i mentioned this financial planning meeting earlier and, uh when we went in there and the guy was like well uh you know these these numbers assume that garrett will continue to work until he's 67 <laughs> like they, the records change scratched. those numbers <laughs> <Like>, i'm <time out. laughs> <laughs> The whole point of this gig is the 50 or 55, you know, whatever you have. But for me, it's 50, the 50, uh, age 50 retirement. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I told wife, yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to rework those numbers. Cause, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. This, this job is taken, you know, I, I say it's, I was about to say it's taken so much that it's worth, you know, that I want the, I want the payback. But at the same time, I obviously should say that it's, it's also given me almost anything and everything I've, I've had as an adult. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with retirement still impending, you've had some changes recently. I mean, you're motor cop, but you also uh, recently became an FTO. Yeah. And then also tested for sergeant. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk through that process and maybe share back and forth for people who are considering either testing for a promotion or testing to move into a leadership position like FTOs, because that is such an important position within any department. You know what that process, what that thought process was like for you, and why you decided to do those two things. So let's let's start with FTO because that's kind of um, that's obviously I don't want to say lower, but that's the first one t- people typically right. move yeah, to yeah, versus yeah. sergeant. So you know what and was the you had how much time on before you decided you want to be an FTO? Twenty years. Twenty years, and so yeah. obviously you got a lot of institutional knowledge and and professional yeah. knowledge there. What was it about at twenty years that you decided you want to do that?
1: It. The decision kind of got made for me a little bit because I've been a motor for thirteen years and we just got new bikes at the end of last year. They're twenty eighteen BMWs. And it was my first day, ten eight, on the new bike, walked into the sergeant's office and he's like, Hey, just so you know, the uh, um powers at B have said decided that you're done on the bike and in six months. He's like they wanted to do it like right away and I fought for it. God god bless my supervisor, right? He's a fantastic individual because we just got new bikes. Man, I've been a motor forever and you're going to have me not be able to ride a new motor. Man, that's jacked up. <laughs> so, he went to bat for me. And I thought, you know, I I could grieve this maybe, I could pitch a fit, I could rail against the man if you will, rage against the machine and kind of just be a jerk about it or I could look at it as an opportunity, and I told my wife, and I was initially uh, – how can I politely say not very happy about the decision because it was taken out of my – I mean I I am motor cop for crying out loud, right? I mean right. that's – I've built this huge brand about around being assigned to a motorcycle, and now you're taking that away from me? Mm-hmm. I mean that that – I could have taken it a whole other turn. So I'm talking to my wife, kind of venting to her, and and she says, "Maybe this is God's way of kicking you out of your comfort zone." It's like, "Damn it, <laughs> thanks, honey," <laughs> but she was she was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, pitch a fit about it and bitch and moan. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a positive. So what can I do? And coincident, not so coincidentally, I, su- I should say, they had just announced that. They're looking for new FTOs. And I thought, well, if this isn't uh, a divine intervention and fortuitous, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So, so I put in for it. Mm-hmm. Go to the interview, and I smashed the interview. Uh, I, did, I did so well that the sergeant that did it said, you know, I'm going to be testing for lieutenant. Uh, can you give me some pointers about mm-hmm. how to do an oral interview? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, I've been doing these interviews for years. and He said that was the best interview I've, I've ever had in my life, or I've ever seen anybody give, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and then the sergeant's interview came up and apparently I didn't do as well on that as I did on the FTO one because I had landed at number 17 on the list for sergeant. But I got the FTO gig first and I thought, you know, when this the sergeant thing comes up because I'd already accepted that position, is it like bad form if I test for sergeant so soon after just getting FTO? And I ran it past everybody and they're like, no, and it's not a problem at all. It's it's upward mobility. Now, if you had said decided you were going to go to investigations, yeah, that's that's a problem, right? So when it came to the to time to think about the the sergeant's exam, I'm like I said, I've been I got twenty years on, so I'm eligible to pull the plug if I, I'm one bad call away from like nope, I'm out mm-hmm. because I can go whenever. I can't sustain my family on the retirement money I would get in you know in staying in California, but if I stick around for three more years then that, that's not going to be an issue. I mean, I I would basically be giving up an extra $30,000 a year forever if I pull the plug right now, mm-hmm. and that's insane. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I've, I do have the benefit of a lot of time on. I do have the benefit of uh, some unique experience that I can speak back into the lives of other people and supervise and et cetera. Maybe taking the serge- sergeant's exam would benefit not only the department, it would benefit me financially in the short term as long as the long term as, – or as well as the long term uh, on top of it. So I thought, you know what? Why not? So I actually put the effort in, studied, uh, and it landed at number 17. And I got my my scores back for the oral, and it was based on a 1 to 7 scale for all these questions. Mm-hmm. And I was consistently getting fives and sixes. I mean just – didn't do it really really well. And the last question, which honest to god I thought I did the best on, it gave me a 2. I was like, god dang it. <laughs> huh.
0: Whatever. Yeah, well those things are often arbitrary and it, true. Yeah. It's, it, the, there's no perfect system I've learned in a promotion process either, but oh god no. So, um you know, I, I see this or I'm curious sometimes when I when I talk to people who, you know, have have um, decided to take on some more ownership in an agency. And, uh, you know, my own process for that, because <clears throat> I tested for sergeant very early, the opposite of you. I tested for sergeant after just a shade over seven years. And um, that was its whole interesting process too and and, and had some, I'd say, constructive criticism
1: <laughs> brought at me about <laughs>
0: about testing so early. But it was, to me an obvious choice when it came up because I felt like that's where I was called to do. And that's where my skills would be uh, best utilized was in a, a a role leading a small group like that. But what is it about other than obviously the, there's a financial aspect to it in retirement, but for a lot of people, they get to the sergeant level and they realize that extra three or four bucks an hour is just not worth the headache. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I could work a shift of overtime and be and make the same amount of money. Right. <laughs> so there really has to be some sort of internal motivation there. And I'm curious what what that is for you.
1: When I went through master instructor certification a couple of years ago, so I'm a I'm a post certified master instructor, and I discovered that I really like teaching and I don't suck at it. I've been told it, when I. So I rewrote the 40-hour basic collision investigations course for post. and This is for California, just for people. For it? California, yes. So when I teach and I get the evals afterwards, they are, they're like glowing. I mean, have you, have you been to a basic collision investigations course, I assume, at some point in your career? I had to. Actually, it was part of my academy,
0: but I haven't done it okay. since then.
1: It's like watching paint dry.
0: I mean, it's, it's painfully that, that... boring that would be giving it a lot more credit than it deserves.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) And I, I am very passionate about traffic. I love traffic, right? That's, that's literally my gig is traffic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I have definitely have something to offer there. And I am, I've been operating in a quasi supervisory role for years, Mm -hmm. because if people have questions about anything related to the vehicle code or crashes, I'm the guy they come talk to. I have people in in the agencies I don't work for (laughs) that call me up to ask me questions because when you come to my class, I give you my cell number and my email and say, you got questions. I mean, if it's three in the morning, it can wait. But if you got questions, you call me and I'll, I'll, I'm happy to help. Mm -hmm. So it's that, it's that idea of of giving back that I really, really enjoy. And I thought, you know, the FTO thing is a a one-on-one which I've enjoyed. And if I can increase that exponentially to, you know, four, five, six folks that I would be supervising, and we can kind of create this cohesive unit where we all work together to make our way to obviously going home at the end of the day, but increasing efficiency, increasing camaraderie because i see i see things day in and day out where you know you get a supervisor and people will avoid going to you know that supervisor's shift because they're terrible at their job and i i don't want to be that guy i it it's partially selfish because i i like being a subject matter expert i like talking to other people and, and helping them learn. And when, when you see in their eyes, that moment where they just get it, like, man, I helped them do that. And that's, it's, it's personally satisfying. And that's, that was really part of the motivation because I I love, like I said, I love teaching and seeing people conceptualize something and get it and run with it.
0: That's a great, uh, I, I love every bit of that because the guys who I've seen and the girls who I've seen be successful, they come at it as the teacher and, and they want to occupy that mentor role. You know, and, and I think any one of us who's had any amount of time on, when you are working for someone who approaches the supervisory role as a teacher and mentor versus the managerial and authoritarian, it is, oh, yeah. it is such a different work environment. And we all gravitate to the people who are going to teach us and guide us versus the people who are going to supervise us, right? Yeah, absolutely. The one danger I found, you know, and I struggled with early was was thinking I was taking on that teaching role and being the teacher, but I was being the micromanager at, on accident. And so uh, a, a piece of advice for anyone who's tr- moving into those positions is you may have expertise and subject matter knowledge that you want to impart to your people. But there is a ch- there's a careful dance you have to do to let them sort of discover it on their own or just make sure that you are guiding people and not telling them. And um, I was lucky enough to get a kind of a 360 review a couple of years ago, and it was one of the things that came up and they said, you know, a lot of nice things but they did say he has a tendency to micromanage and it took me and i was like ah, like (laughs) how dare you the m word like (laughs) that's the last thing anyone wants to be right (laughs) nobody wants to be known as a micromanager and it took a lot of uh, reflection and evaluation and and uh, and then asking some people you know just kind of point blank to realize that what i thought was well intended and and well-meaning and helpful was getting um taken as being micromanager and being overbearing. Totally changed how I supervise and how I ask questions and how I let, how I guide and teach now. Um, But that's a, a word of warning for anyone who is moving into a position like that. You may think you're teaching, make sure you're teaching, not, not, not just micromanaging.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I've learned through going through master instructor and teaching classes, teaching at the academy is just because you're the quote instructor, you have to leave yourself open to learn as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's a two way street, man. It goes yeah. it goes back and forth. That you're gonna learn things from the people you supervise all the time if you're willing to be open to it, and yeah. that's an important quality.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of the things I think I did right was, as I mentioned, I came in at seven years on, and I went my first squad I went to had. Uh, Two guys who are on SWAT, uh, which is not a full-time gig for us. It's a, it's a collateral. Uh, two SWAT guys, a guy who had been a detective for like 20 years before he came back out to the street. So he'd seen everything under the sun. Um, a guy, Another guy who had been on patrol for a long time, so he knew everything. And And there was no way I was going to go into that situation and pretend like I knew everything and be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a good experience because, and I think I navigated that well because... I didn't pretend to know everything, and as a result, I empowered that squad. And I tried to do this with any squad I worked with, but empower the squad to take ownership of the things that they were experts in. And you know, as if I went to a squad with a guy who'd been on motors or is interested in motors and new motors or traffic, uh, I I let them handle those things because that's what they that was their expertise. And and so I think we get a lot of, um, you know, for supervisors, a lot of uh, positives come from just being honest and and acknowledging i don't know everything and your people aren't going to expect that you do yeah you know Um,
1: they'll they'll look they'll look at you in more in a more positive light if you are what's it called um human
0: human (laughs) you know (laughs)
1: if, if you're listen i don't know everything if if somebody gets into a crash Man, I can work that up for you in my sleep. But if this other thing happens that I have zero – we're going to figure this out together. And that's yeah. going from from traffic back to patrol, being an FTO, I've told all of my trainees, listen, I don't know everything. And there's going to be some things where we're going to have to figure it out together, mm-hmm. and that's perfectly fine. I've gotten good responses from them for it.
0: Absolutely. It makes you more relatable and 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 – that idea that this job has changed so much, even from the time I started to now it's changed so much in the last two, three years, even the idea that you can know everything is just, uh, it's a, it's a myth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's laughable. You're, you know, with our agency, all you need is
1: one year in patrol to become a supervisor. And I have, I have seen people with literally 13 months on the street yeah. Okay. That's adorable. <laughs> and and become supervisors. And it's mm. like, holy smokes. I mean, maybe you test well, maybe you interview well, but don't come to my crash and tell me how to work it, because that's just that you and I are going to have issues, right? Right. All right. So it. But I've also seen people that have not had a lot of patrol experience get promoted and just crush it, because because they are relatable, because they they own the fact that. Listen, I, I get that. I don't have a lot of experience. Uh, I'm I'm going to mold myself into the kind of supervisor. I, I need your guys' help and your gals' help to make me the kind of supervisor you want to work for. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, guys and girls. I'm going to interrupt this episode to talk a little bit more about our sponsor, ProForce. A couple years ago, I was looking online for a new duty gun to replace my aging HK. My agency was taking a long time to close the deal, so I decided to purchase my own Glock Gen 4 G17. I shopped around and found out about ProForce and their insane prices on firearms and accessories, not just from Glock, but from all the major manufacturers, including Sig, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, HK, Colt, Remington, Springfield, and many others. Now, if you're a cop anywhere in Los Angeles or Orange County or even northern San Diego, you already know about ProForce and their amazing deals that they have at their store in Brea. They are only open to first responders, fire, law enforcement, medics, etc., and they're here to serve us. When they reached out to me to talk about working together, I wanted to learn more about them. So I spent a lot of time on the phone with them because though they're known for their great customer service, I just wanted to make sure they were right fit for this uh, for the show. Well, ProForce has two retail locations, Orange County, California, and Prescott, Arizona. So if you're near either, make sure you stop in and see their selection. They've gotten rid of those two to three hour wait times that they kind of became famous for, and they've instituted an appointment system that makes your purchase so much faster. And they've got everything you want to go with your brand new gun. Holsters, lights, sights, ammo, and more. Check out their newest deals at ProForceOnline.com. And in fact, if you go into the store in Brea, Brea in Orange County, and tell the clerk you heard this ad, you'll get 20% off a Streamlight TLR1 pistol light. I use the TLR1 myself, and it's an awesome light, so get 20% off yours in-store. Just tell the sales associate the secret password, The Squadron. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of, it, you know, being a supervisor, a sergeant, specifically a patrol sergeant, even more specifically. I've found to be a the greatest job I've ever had, and uh, uh, I'm currently riding the pine right now on a desk job, but I, but I truly miss being out on the street and running a squad of people like that, and so. But it, but it's all it's it's a couple different things as well. It's it could be a very lonely job, uh, especially based on how depending on how your department is structured. You know, if you're, we got rid of watch lieutenants or watch commanders many many years ago during the recession and never brought them back. So the the sergeants became the de facto watch commander. Yeah. And for us, you know, I'm a sheriff's office, so. That doesn't mean that you're the only sergeant on, but you're the only sergeant for thirty miles in any direction, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then yeah, and so the dynamic there is interesting, and and if you're new to this position, it can really throw you off. You eventually get used to it, and then you kind of like it uh, that you're that you're uh, out there on your own. But uh, it's a uh, it's been what it, becoming a sergeant has been the most educational experience of my entire life. You know, I've learned more about myself. And the agency, how to lead people, how to not lead people, how to make mistakes, uh, and I wouldn't have done any of that just by reading a, a good leadership book or watching a good a good supervisor operate. You know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. it It takes it takes a lot to know that you're going to make mistakes and learn from them. It's it's expected, and you know, as long as nobody dies at your hand. In a remarkably inappropriate way, uh, you, you can chill out. You're going to make mistakes. As long as they are not fatal ones, that that's just called living, man. You're, it, and that extends beyond the the badge and the gun. That That mm-hmm. applies to your whole life. I mean, I look back at things that I thought were going to be the end-all, be-all. Like, I completely screwed the pooch on this one. Nobody's going to speak to me again. And you know when I screw up something now I'm like, okay, this is going to suck for a little while, but at the end of the day, in 6 months, I'm not going to remember this happened. Yeah. yeah you got to
0: let it go. You got to let it go, but you also but you just touched on something I think is important because we're often trained like, you know, we go through the academy and the, there's an expectation that we at least present to the public that we have all the answers and we know everything and without a doubt you need to listen to what we say because we're the authority on everything. And obviously yeah. that's not true, but that's encouraged in us to present that. And then there is an expectation as you go through call to call to call that you have an answer and people look to you. And we talked about my neighbors. They come to my door asking for question and, and they want an answer. You are a resource that they expect an answer from and people expect direction. And then you become a supervisor. Now you got four other cops who are expected to have the answers looking for to you for the answer. And it's easy to get into some sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy of expecting that you're, you are supposed to have all the answers, you know. And so another thing I found is you're absolutely right. When you, you're going to make mistakes, it's totally acceptable. People expect it. What they expect you to do, though, is to own it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go about making a mistake and then pretending it didn't happen, everyone's going to see you right through that. And then your authenticity and your value is really going to decrease. But if you make a mistake and you own it, You raise your hand and say, here's what I did wrong. And you start with yourself, of course, first Uh, in any of these situations, then you get a lot of leeway and people breathe a sigh of relief and go, like you said, oh, he is human. Okay. And then it creates an environment where people can make mistakes. Now, failure or or just being lackadaisical, that's different, but you need to create an environment where people can make a mistake and then feel like they can come to you. And the first way to do that is to own your own.
1: No, definitely. I remember there was a stop I did years ago, probably about 10 years ago, and this lady was just being a right pain, man. She would not go with the program, and she's out of her car, and I told her, ma'am, you need to get back in your car. You can't tell me what to do, and I said, and as soon as I said it, I'm like, ah, this this is not (laughs) going to work out well for me. I said, ma'am, that's that's one of the fun things about my job. I absolutely can tell you what to do. Now, go sit in your car, and the look on her face was like, (gasps) oh! (laughs) <laughs> How dare you? And I thought, well, here comes a complaint. And I immediately said, ma'am, I'm sorry. That was unprofessional. doesn't change the fact that I need you in your vehicle. And she did. And I went from that stop to the chief's office and like, yeah, uh, I stepped on my Johnson. Here's what happened. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, don't do that again. Awesome. She came in to complain, but I had gotten in ahead of the bus mm-hmm. and waved it down and not a big deal. I, I didn't even – take any paper for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a, the main reason that that happened the way it did was because I immediately took action to rectify it, take responsibility and said, you know, I, I, I made a mistake. I'm not going to make mm-hmm. this particular mistake again. I'll find new and exciting ways to make other mistakes. Right. I'm going to keep you on your toes, chief. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, dang it. I know you will. <laughs> but I don't make the same mistake twice. Right. You know, that's what you really have to be able to do is, like you said, own it. And then don't do it again. Find something else to screw up.
0: Yeah. There's
1: plenty to screw up, believe me.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, yes. I've, I've I've made similar comments come out of my mouth and go, "Well, that's gonna hurt." <laughs> yep, yep. But sometimes, at the same time, sometimes you're like, nah, it was worth it." <laughs>
1: I you, I, I'll suck that paper. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel better now. <laughs>
0: I once, I once had a guy. I don't do a whole lot of traffic because you know. I work for a sheriff's department and I'm not in the Square. motor unit. And, uh, <laughs> and so, but, uh, cause we have CHP handles most of our traffic in our area. But anyway, I did I did, a, I, did a, I did a car stop once back in the day. Um, but you made me think of this, um, guys all over the road. He's, he's cutting people off. He, he, he's just driving like a jerk and, um, peeling out at the stops lights. And it's taken me a little bit to catch up to him. I finally pull him over and I ask him for his receipt. And he looks confused. <laughs> As a motor cop, you probably know where this is going. <laughs> and so I ask him for his driver's license, proof of registration, uh, his insurance, and his receipt. And he goes, okay, sure. Wait, what? What was the last one? I get your receipt. And my receipt for what? Your receipt for the road. He kind of looks at me weird. I'm like, well, you're driving like you own it. So I'm assuming you have proof of purchase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is That is awesome. That is awesome. I, I once, uh, I was on a traffic stop once and, uh, I'm off the bike right in the ticket and the lady just decides to back up, backs up, hits my bike, knocks it over. And so I, of course, got to call the supervisor. He comes out and I said, Hey, Sarge, listen, um, I will absolutely sign a phase if you let me tell this lady what I think. And he was like, No, get on the bike and get out of here. I'm like, Dang it. <laughs> I was gonna I had a litany of things I wanted to tell this lady. I, I ended up not, which is probably the the better idea. Probably the best. For the best. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think that was pre blog, so I didn't even get the joy of uh of writing about it and sharing it with the internets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we've all
0: had plenty of those. Someone tells you something ridiculous or you just know they're lying to you, and it's just you're having a you're having a rough day already and it's it's easy to just let that one rip. And I yeah. I've i yeah, I pro- probably let more good ones let, let them go than I have held them back in my day, you know. And then you you finally get to a point in your career where you're like, yeah, I gotta I gotta stop doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta I gotta dial that back. Discretion is definitely the better part of valor sometimes.
0: Yeah, and it's funny too to me how different agencies approach it, you know. And it seems here in Southern California and interacting with other sheriff's agencies versus municipal agencies that there's a big difference in what gets tolerated from a sheriff's department in terms of Oh yeah. In terms of our to- what gets tolerated from the public. I mean what the public accepts as acceptable from a sheriff's department versus a municipal department. Uh with my with the agencies that butt that butt up right against me, it's like night and day what they expect from their police department versus what they expect from their sheriff's department. It's kinda interesting.
1: Yeah, that 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 is interesting. Cause it, I'll get guys that come to Because uh, I I work for a, a smaller area and versus uh, know, bigger county areas Mm -hmm. and people come to me for training i'm like listen you're going to do things different with me than you are in county Mm -hmm. Uh, in county people have different expectations but if you talk to somebody in this area the way you're going to talk to the people over in that area uh, you're going to get into a large amount of trouble Mm -hmm. you you really got to watch your p's and q's where i where i'm at you know whereas you know other areas of the county you can be like hey listen (laughs) <laughs> blah blah blah, and just they'll yeah. you know, let loose, and it's like it's just okay. Whatever, that's the that's the way we do business. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah it's funny. Uh, another story. I think of you know we have this we have a large uh, municipal jurisdiction in our area, and one day our gang cops are in in the city. You know, again we're county, but we can kind of go anywhere, and they're working in the city, and they run at the time they were running a black Crown Vic, right? No markings on it or anything like that. Still screamed cop car, uh, and of course most agencies had the black Crown Vic, but no markings to note that it was sheriffs versus the pd and so these guys are at a light and the way it was told to me they're at a light and this guy sees them and he starts mfing them up and down throwing them the middle finger screaming the most horrific nasty things at them in the middle of traffic people are looking and watching waiting for the reaction and they decide okay we're going to go talk to this guy because he clearly is you know waving us down because he wants some attention yeah he needs assistance and he, he so they they throw the car off to the curb and they hop out and then he sees the tan and green of the sheriff's department and he's expecting the blue of the local municipal department and the guy apologizes, puts his, hand, his hands up and walks away and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and he just, it's like, never mind Wrong, wrong agency, my wrong bad ag- Wrong agency <laughs> uh, That's not to encourage anybody to do
1: <laughs> No, no, God, that's never a good idea It's just funny
0: <laughs> and then, um, of course, I hear stories from L.A. County every once in a while that are just pretty darn funny with how LA operates uh versus some of the other municipalities there. Anyway, we are getting way off topic. Uh but I always like telling stories and I always like hearing stories. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, so it's
1: like being on the crossover show. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> woo, right hand turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So bring it back a little bit. Your uh you know, WYE radio, that's the new podcast. Yep. Um uh, uh it covers all of the emergency disciplines and off-duty yep. civilian stuff. Uh and then we talked about this. Is something I'm I'm working on hard right now. But you know, we we also so we both got a. We're very similar. We like beer. We're in California. Yep. Uh, we we uh, um we both have the uh, podcast and, yep. and and these side hustles going on, and um, you know, you uh you have a lot of you're pretty squared away in how you you approach things, and I think a lot of us have a side hustle, whatever you want to call it, off duty job or something like that. What are the, some some of the things you've done or you've used that have helped you um, not lose your freaking mind with everything that you've got going on? You know, you write, you got the podcast, you've got the blog, you right. got, what do you do? You know, it. I recently discovered a, a
1: really cool uh, journal. It's called the Best Self Journal. Yes. And yeah. the, spoiler alert, I, I became an affiliate for them because I believe in their product so much. The first quarter of this year, I set three goals. Uh, One was to increase my affiliate income uh, by $1,000 a month. The other was to get my brown belt in Kung Fu. And the third was to read three leadership books because a quarter is three months, so one leadership book a month. Well, I got my brown belt within five weeks. I ended up averaging uh, uh, just over $1,500 a month in affiliate income mm-hmm. and I read like five leadership
0: books. Fantastic,
1: And it's, it all came down to this journal and this it's, it's way beyond just a journal where I'm, I'm going to talk about rainbows and unicorns. It's not that kind of journal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a planner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you not only plan out your big three goals, but you break them down into actionable steps. And then well, they actually goes from a result goal to a progress goal, three different progress goals for each main goal. And then you break down actions for each progress goal. So every day, I get up in the morning and I write out my day. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to accomplish. And by just taking those real small steps every single day, I I crushed my goals. Mm-hmm. And this quarter, I'm still using the same tool, the best self journal. And I started using color-coded Ink or colored ink, rather. So, like my one of my goals is to complete the backyard renovation. So I use brown for that because I figured dirt, okay, it's brown, sure. And then the affiliate one, I want to raise my affiliate income to two thousand dollars a month, and right now I'm sitting at twenty eight hundred. And I use green for that because you know money. Mm-hmm. And then blue, yeah, for law enforcement. Why not? Uh, to increase the downloads for what's your emergency podcast. Mm-hmm and it's planning out each individual step every single day and i start seeing these these micro progressions and things but when i turn around you know a month from now i'm going to look back at the end of april and most of may and be like man i i got so much stuff done with really not a whole lot of effort because i was intentional with my time mm-hmm. And that's really what the, the best self journal is has helped me do is be intentional because the cool thing about using the different colors is I can look back at my days at a glance or my weeks at a glance and just look at the colors mm-hmm. and be like, man, I, I really hyper focused on the podcast for like two weeks. I need to double down on, you know, the ba- I've, I've ignored the backyard for, for two weeks. And it's getting into, you know, nice weather. I want to be able to take advantage of my backyard, but if I'm not being intentional in getting those things done, that's where the, the colors come in because I can just look at it and be like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm going to do this weekend is I'm going to, you know, finish pulling weeds or mm-hmm. whatever I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been incredibly helpful. I've been a fan of a guy named Hal Elrod for a long time. He wrote The Miracle Morning mm-hmm. and met him on, Pat Flynn's podcast, The Smart Passive Income. I've followed Pat Flynn for years. And when he has somebody on a show that kind of speaks into my life, I pay attention. And Hal talks about getting up intentionally early before you have to get up. So I work at 6 a.m. And where I live, it takes me 20 minutes to get to work. So I could literally roll out of bed at about quarter after five, you know, shower, Shave, throw something down my throat, grab a cup of coffee, and I'm out the door. I get up at 10 after 4 every every workday on purpose to spend an hour on myself. Mm-hmm. That puts me in a mindset of really being ahead of the game, because when I go to work, hey, I've I've already planned my day out. I've already done you know meditation or journaling, or I do I read a devotional every morning. I spend time on things that bring me joy, that center me, that give me the ability to go out and do what I need to do work-wise. Instead of the alarm goes off, time to hit the ground running and just go. Mm-hmm. It changed everything, and I've I've built on those little those little habits, uh, atomic habits, like James uh, James mm-hmm. James Clear's book Atomic Habits. He talks about these just these little. Changes. Mm-hmm. Tony Tony Robbins talks about the concept of kaizen, the uh, it just uh, continued improvement, one percent better every day. You can do one percent. I'm not asking you to do a thousand pushups right now. I'm asking you to, to do one, and then tomorrow, do two, just one percent better every single day, and that's that has helped keep me really focused and balanced. Uh, happy at work happy at home
0: just being intentional with my time has has made all the difference yeah i think too because i use the best self journal as well and um i went back to it after using a couple different things and trying different things and um i found that when i was on night shift i the best self wasn't the best wasn't the best do not the best um wasn't uh as as easy to use but um uh with being uh kind of regular hours right now that it's definitely the best journal i've found for staying consistent and, and and putting those things on paper and even if you don't have a side hustle like we're talking about here and you just are going to work and you've got a family and you've got kids and you've got you know little league practice or whatever putting those things down and then filling in the gaps with the things that you know you need to accomplish like the backyard or like getting your budget squared away or getting to the gym or, you know, meal prepping or eating better. Those things, they don't just come out of thin air and they don't just get produced out of thin air. You really have to be intentional about them and writing them down in a journal of, of some sort has anytime I'm consistent with a journal, I always get more stuff done. Absolutely. always feel better. And that, that same, the, the Hal Elrod book, Miracle Morning, that's a great book. And, um, uh, in the, in my streaks where I'm good at getting up early and having time to myself, man, I, I kill those days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's those, those are great things. You know, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned meditation. Is it something consistent you do or something you dabble in? Uh, and what do you use if you, or do you just do it by yourself?
1: I was much more consistent, uh, a few years ago. I've, in, in the mornings now, I've really been focusing on on the best self and creating my day and looking back at my big goals and what can I do today. So I'm – it's not traditional meditation, but I'm really I, – I think of meditation is focusing. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on something. Mm-hmm. And when I think of what I'm focusing on in the mornings, it's my time. I'm kind of meditating on my time. When I was doing traditional meditation, I love the 10% happier – uh, app
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've read both of Dan Harris's books I, I think he's awesome uh, I actually listened to one of them uh, And he reads his own book And he's he's got such a great voice That listening to it was a pleasure yeah, He does Yeah he really does uh, So I, I really liked the 10% Happier I've done Headspace I've also done Calm Calm is really good for the kids uh, We do sleep stories And mm-hmm. they absolutely love it Yeah yeah, we it's, use it with our son too. Oh, he yeah, both all my girls have been just really really enjoyed
0: it and it helps them get to sleep faster. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, you know the meditation thing. I think um I cuz I I've tried and I try and I try and I try and I just never stick with it, but the journaling I get a lot of value out of. And I kind of came to the realization that okay, I there's certainly value in meditation. There's no argument there. But for oh, me, um getting that journal squared away and getting my day planned gives me much of that same, um, uh, return. And, and, and then cause, cause I'm all over the place and I'm scattered. i I got a million thoughts going through my head at any time when I plan that day. And when I, when I know the day, what the day is going to look like, and I, there will be hiccups, but when I know the days, what the day oh, yeah. is going to look like, I am so much more calm because I know what's coming. Yeah, one one of the big things I've learned is
1: being flexible. I can plan out my perfect day, and I've probably hit a perfect day since the beginning right. of – or actually, I started this January 21st. I probably hit a perfect day like twice it, from yeah. then to now. And when they happen, hey, they're awesome. But learning how to be flexible and understanding that life's going to happen, you're going to have to adjust some things, that was a key lesson for me. One of the things that I think it's really, really important to bring up, though, is – all these things you're scheduling they don't have to be tedious to-do lists right i put like on my schedule today at 11 o'clock i have a dobro lesson i i am intentional about something that brings me jo- playing music brings me joy so i plan in music practice to either play my banjo or play the dobro and it just it chills me in a way that other things don't but if i don't purposefully plan that time,
0: it ain't going to get done. Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely right. And and that's absolutely right. It's just one of those used tos that we go back to when we talk it, about yes, Kevin exactly. Gilmartin, right? And yep. if you don't, if you're not intentional about planning those things and giving yourself some time and permission, you got to yep. give yourself permission to do those things. They won't get done. And then all of a sudden, you're the guy who used to play the, what is it? The, the do- it's a uh, the resonator guitar, the, uh, the
1: Dobro. Dobro. Yeah, it's the one you play flat. Oh okay. All right, I got kind you. similar to lap steel, but uh it looks like a regular guitar.
0: I got you. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um so you got you're without giving yourself the time and the permission to do that, you be, it becomes one of those used to, as you used to do. Yep. yep. Or it Absolutely. becomes a thing that you'll never do. Yeah. You know, I um it's funny you're talking about that because my goal for this year was to start learning how to play the drums, which my wife is super excited about. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait was that sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> but you know at least a, you know i wanted to i want to start i've always been fascinated by it and uh i just it's buy one... just buy some mutes that's very important to buy some mutes <laughs> yeah it's one of those things i just haven't been intentional about scheduling time for i've scheduled time for other things and look what happens here we are at the beginning of may and have yet to accomplish that so yeah uh giving yourself permission and scheduling that time uh I'll put the link for Best Self Journal and all these other books we're talking about, Miracle Morning and 10% Happier. Those will go in the show notes for anyone who uh, wants to dig into any of these more on. If you want to uh, add a a
1: benefit for the Best Self, of course, I I am an ambassador for them. So it is an affiliate relationship. So if you use the coupon code MotorCop, you can get 15% off of your journal. I I believe the journal is like $31.99. So you can save 15%
0: and uh, they'll throw a couple bucks uh, at the show. All right, we're we're ambassadors too, actually. Um, Oh, are you? We're going to go yours because I haven't announced mine yet. So, what is it again for everybody?
1: Uh, The coupon code is simply Motor Cop, all one word. Easy enough.
0: Uh, And what's next for WYE, the podcast?
1: We uh, we're actually we've got a slew of interviews. We're actually doing really well after going through uh, Pat Flynn's amped up uh, podcasting course. I took his Power Up podcasting course uh, last year in preparation for launching WYE. And going through his kind of advanced course that, that you've taken as well, I'm starting to implement some some of those strategies, and we actually have enough shows in the can after recording tomorrow that will be set through about mid-June, which is very unusual for us. Usually, you know, Justin comes over, what do you want to talk about? I don't know, let's just, let's do something. But we're, we're actually scheduling uh, specific topics, specific guests. And every other week we do an Ask WYE, where we'll get questions from our audience. They go to SpeakPipe uh, or on our website wyeRadio.com, and they can just click a little button, leave us a little note, and we can answer their question on the show. It can be about police, fire, EMS-related stuff, or it can be like, you know, hey, I I know you guys uh, talk about working out. What's your favorite workout strategy? And we can riff on that for 10-15 minutes, and it's on to the next show.
0: Yeah. And so where can people find you, find information on the show, find you on social media, etc. If you just Google motor cop, you will find me.
1: <laughs> it, it still blows my mind that I come up number one on the Google when you search the, the term motor cop. But I have, I'm going to be re, kind of uh, rebooting my website, themotorcopmindset.com. And, of course, you can find me over at wyeradio.com. You can listen to What's Your Emergency on your, your chosen podcast uh, host
0: of choice. I highly recommend is it episode two, uh, with that fantastic guest of yours.
1: Uh, uh no, you were uh, episode three. Th- well, yeah, no, yeah. If you want to go with Mike the Cop, no, yeah, no, it's no, Episode two, he was okay. two. He was alright. <laughs> he was alright. He was alright. He was alright. Right. Now you were, uh, you were episode number three, three, and actually, right, right, right. uh, your one of your your episode is also on my YouTube channel as well. So if you go to YouTube and and search the Motor Cop Mindset, you can see your your glorious uh, visage. <laughs> My Is my, my
0: visage is showing?
1: Your visage is showing, yeah. I had to have a special tag on that episode. <laughs>
0: uh, Jason, thanks for hanging out. WYE Radio, that's the new podcast. Uh, everyone, uh, check it out. J- uh, Jason is good peoples, as we say, uh good human being, and uh, on a mission to help other law enforcement officers uh, get better and navigate this career just like we are here at the squadron. So, Jason, thanks for hanging out today.
1: Hey, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me back on. I
0: appreciate it. All right, there's Jason shower of both the Motor Cop Mindset blog and also the What's Your Emergency podcast. Uh, thanks, Jason, for coming on. You know, when we talk about badges, our beliefs, actions, discipline, goals, emotions, and service, and listening to this episode today and being part of it, <clears throat> uh, you know, the service part of that strikes me as being uh, very at the forefront and serving others by being a good leader, by being a good sergeant, by being the kind of person that you, people want to work for. And that doesn't stop, of course, when you go from stripes to bars. And really pursuing the idea of serving those who serve you. Also that our actions are really what it all comes down to. You know, we can have a, if if our beliefs and actions are in alignment, we're going to be, it's going to, it's going to show. But if we think one way and act another, we're not being genuine. So how do we align our beliefs and our actions together all the way down that list? And, uh, and, and Jason certainly someone who's walking the walk when it comes to that. If you like what you heard today, please support the show by sharing this episode with somebody you care about, or you think that needs to hear it. You can go to the squadroom.net and just share this episode directly from the website. And, uh, here's a couple ways, uh, that you can help support the show. I often get asked how a listener can help support the show above and beyond just leaving review on the podcast player of your choice. We do have sponsors on occasion, but it costs a good deal of money to keep the show up and running and to maintain equipment and some travel, etc., etc. Well, so there's several ways that you can help. They're all known as affiliate relationships. So everything I mentioned here, we get a percentage of whatever it is you spend. The best, fastest, and easiest one is to Amazon. Everybody shops on Amazon. I got my Prime account. But if you shop on Amazon, go first to our website, thesquadroom.net forward slash Amazon, and... Use the link there to to get to Amazon. When you do that, Amazon tracks that you came to their website through us, and then we get a portion of whatever you spend, a small percentage. It it doesn't have to be on cop stuff. It can be on anything, bed mattresses to dish detergent to blue jeans, whatever. And they give us a, a consideration in response for that. If you do that every time you shop on Amazon, that will really help support the show. There's also a couple other ways that you can help. Uh, On it for one. O n n i t dot com. They are a health and fitness online store, a juggernaut dedicated to what they're they call total human optimization. I use their Alpha Brain nootropics a lot. I got some of their kettlebells. They've got a great wide variety of stuff. If you listen to Joe Rogan uh, or Andy Stump or any of those guys, you hear them talk about it. Well, you can uh, save ten percent using the code squadroom when you go to Onnit.com to buy any of their supplements or anything like that. Use that coupon code squadroom or go to onnit.com forward slash squadroom. That's O-N-N-I-T dot com forward slash squadroom. And you get 10% off of any Onnit product that you purchase. And like I said, that is also an affiliate relationship with us. They give us a little consideration for the fact that you bought through us. Also, uh, great people over at Hardhead Veterans, uh, the tactical helmets. A lot of people are buying Hardhead Veterans these days. My department is is quickly catching on to how quality, uh, the high quality of the helmet that they've made and the price that they sell them at. I've had one for several years uh, probably about 18 months now and I absolutely love it. And if you use the coupon code squadroom you get $20 off of your helmet from hardheadveterans.com You can also get a free audible trial and a free ebook through audibletrial.com forward slash the squadroom. Sign up through that just using an email address you get a free online book Alright, free ebook and a free uh, month trial. Uh, ebooks are a great way to pass, an, or audible books are a great way to pass night shifts or or commutes or anything like that. Assuming you've you know cut up on the squad room podcasts. Ranger Up clothing, that's another one. Great supporters of the show. Another uh, affiliate relationship. Use the cu- uh, coupon code the squad room for ten percent off your order of anything at Ranger Up. Those are simple, fast ways that you can help support the show that help literally keep the lights on and the microphone warm for the next episodes. All right. I also want to thank the uh, sponsor for this episode, ProForce. Check them out at ProForceOnline.com. If you're in Southern California, go by the store and you get 20% off a Streamlight TLR1 pistol light by uh, giving them the password, the squad room. And if you're into agency sales or that's part of your gig, check them out there as well, ProForceOnline.com. They can hook you up with a sales rep. We'll get you a great quote. All right. uh, Until next time, please take care of each other and stay safe.